You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Feel like who art Ed? Who art is Mr. Wood? Art Ed? Me? Yeah. Either way, it, it's a big, it works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, where we explore visual arts in an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood. Remember, you can see the image of the work I'm talking about this week and every week if you listen on Amazon Music, Spotify, Good Pods, or any other podcast platform that supports episode-specific cover art. And while we're at it, I might as well give a quick reminder, please leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. It really helps other people discover the show. In 1991, Marvel became the first comic book company listed on the New York Stock Exchange. The newspapers declared, Spider-Man is coming to Wall Street. It seems a bit unlikely that a character that's part nerdy teen part bug, would become the face of the company and one of the most iconic figures in comic book history. Of course, everyone loves a good underdog story, so for this mini-episode, we're going to cover how Stan Lee and his friends created The Amazing Spider-Man. First off, with regard to the origin, the character's origin in the comics is clear. Peter Parker was bit by a radioactive spider giving him superpowers. But the origin of the character and the comics and the entire franchise, that's a little bit more murky. After his success with the Fantastic Four, 1962, Stan Lee was looking to create a new hero. Now, teenagers were loving comic books, and Lee wanted to create a character that the teen audience could relate to. Up until that time, teenage characters in comic books had mainly been sidekicks, and often they had, like, diminishing names. Lee wanted to center a teenager as a hero growing up, coming to terms with the responsibility that comes with his powers. Lee's new hero wouldn't be a boy. He was going to be a man. And so that's why he is called Spider-Man. Interestingly, it's hyphenated Spider-Man because Stan Lee wanted it to visually look a little bit different from Superman, who also had a red and blue costume. But that would come a little bit later in the publishing process. Let's get back to the origin story. Stan Lee said he was inspired when he was watching a spider walking up the wall. He became fascinated with the way bugs moved. With his idea for a Spider-Man taking shape, Lee was ready to go to his publisher, and naturally, Marvin Goodman, the publisher, hated it. I mean, a character based on spiders? Spiders are some of the most revolting bugs out there. But Stan Lee had a successful track record, so Goodman gave him a little bit of leeway. He approved Stan Lee to use issue number 15 of a science fiction and supernatural comic called Amazing Fantasy to try out the new character. 
Goodman figured it wouldn't be a big deal if the new character flopped, because the series was set to end anyways. So now with approval for the idea, Stan Lee needed help to flesh out the character. He first went to Jack Kirby, the legendary comic artist responsible for The Hulk, Iron Man, tons of others. I'll link my previous episode on Jack Kirby in the show notes. Coincidentally, when Lee went to Kirby talking about his Spider-Man idea, Kirby said he had an unpublished idea for a character, um, I think it was the Silver Spider. He had worked on that with Joe Simon in the 1950s. Kirby's character was an orphaned boy living with an older couple. The boy found a magic ring, gave him superpowers, and Lee was intrigued and asked Kirby to draw a few pages. In Stan Lee's telling, and a lot of other tellings, he was really disappointed with the results. He said, quote, I hated the way he was doing it. Not that he did it badly, it just wasn't the character I wanted. It was too heroic. Other people have said that Kirby's designs looked almost like Captain America with webs. So after that, Stan Lee turned to another artist, Steve Ditko. And Ditko made a few changes. Uh, one of Ditko's contributions was to completely cover Spider-Man's face. He wanted to make the hero a little bit more mysterious. And also, just sort of on a practical level, if they're trying to elevate Spider-Man, they needed to cover up Peter Parker's boyish face. Ditko was also responsible for the wrist web slingers. Earlier drafts had Spider-Man carrying a web gun. So everything's developing nicely. Stan Lee has this idea for a new character. He wasn't satisfied with the first drafts made by Kirby, so then he goes to Ditko to draw the comic. And then he looks at Ditko's cover, and he just isn't feeling it. In what I can only imagine would have been a supremely awkward conversation, Lee decides he wants Kirby to draw the cover. Stan Lee said he had Jack Kirby sketch the cover because he always had a lot of confidence in Kirby's covers. So then Jack Kirby draws the new cover and Ditko has to ink it. Like I say, I, I can only imagine how awkward that must have been to have his artwork rejected for the cover. Someone else draws it and then he has to go ink it, but... It worked out. Now, with all three of these men having some really major influential roles in the development in the early stages of Spider-Man, and Spider-Man being such a massive hit over time, as you can imagine, all three on some level want a little bit of credit for their work. But in 1971, Jack Kirby gave an interview where he really sort of pointed a lot of the credit towards Steve Ditko. Kirby said it was Ditko who got Spider-Man to roll, and the thing caught on because of what he did. Stan Lee, of course, always claimed credit for creating the initial idea, but he also acknowledged Ditko's role. He said, if Steve wants to be called co-creator, I think he deserves it. Because Ditko's costume design was key to the character's success. The somewhat mysterious nature of Spider-Man, the face completely obscured, makes Spider-Man a bit of an everyman. 
He's a flawed character struggling to make his way in the world. That's what made him relatable to audiences. Now, while the origin of the Spider-Man story and that hero is a little bit murky and can be attributed to the collaborative effort of a couple of different people, I can tell you 100% distinctly the origin story for this episode can be attributed to one person. So after the break, I'm going to share the discussion I had with one of Mr. Hoff's middle school students who did a little bit of research into Stan Lee and shared some interesting facts that inspired this episode. As I said, this episode was inspired by some fun facts uh, one of Mr. Hoff's students shared with me. So now you can hear from Natasha as she taught me a thing or two about Stan Lee. Why did Stanley appeal to you? Like what what do you what what do you guys have in common? Well, I did some research and he um he has Romanian um and Jewish immigrant parents. So and turns out Stan Stanley is Romanian and I have some Romanian in me. And when I looked that up, that was like that was like a big connection towards me. Interesting. And you you like Stanley? You like comics? I take it. Oh, yeah, I love Stanley and comics. That's that's the type of only. That's really the only books that I read. Okay, um, I I can relate. And when I was younger, I was not so much into like Marvel and DC. I liked the Simpsons comics, but that is how I got into the arts. Was you know drawing and reproducing things I saw in comics and cartoons, stuff like that. What do you, what what do you like? Um, I. I'm not a huge fan of DC. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm just really into Marvel. I like all the comics. I like. I, I like all the movies. There's one movie that I don't like, and that's the first Incredible Hulk. That's Fair the, enough. I hated that one, but I like everything else. I love the comic books. I'm not a huge fan of DC, but yeah, I just really, really like Marvel. Do you have a favorite character of uh, of Marvel? I have a couple, but my favorite is uh. Bucky Barnes. Bucky Barnes. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think we're, the connection that I draw there, you know why he named characters like um, Bucky Barnes, Peter Parker? You, you ever notice the initials are always the same, first and last? Yeah, it's always like it's always like the same exact initial. Yeah, and that's because Stan Lee was really bad with names. That's that's where that's where I felt the connection with him because I am terrible with names. I will call my children by the dog's name, but um, he he named them uh, like Bucky Barnes, Peter Parker, stuff like that because it made it easier for him to remember all of the different characters that he was creating. I mean, I'm gonna let that too. I mean, like I have a couple of friends that I like. I just figured out my friend's real name yesterday. <laughs> because I, I called her a different name, but she just looks like Mia. And I'm like, wait, what's your actual name? She's like, my name's Eleni. I'm like, oh my God, your name's Eleni? What? <laughs> I've been calling her Mia for like years. I, I I had a friend named Mark that I called David for three years because he just looked like a David. Totally get that. But back to Stan Lee. So I always think of him with uh, Spider-Man. Um, do you know anything about how he created Spider-Man? 
Um, I did some research, and it turns out that he created Spider-Man by, like, he hated when, like, he was reading comic books or whatever, that the younger characters were always, the teenagers were always, like, the sidekicks or whatever, and he didn't really want Peter Parker to be a sidekick. He wanted him to be, like, an actual hero, because he wanted, like, teenagers to be able to relate to Peter Parker. I think that is awesome. I absolutely love that idea that he is understanding that teenagers are people too and teenagers have that strength and can be the hero of the story um i think there's something kind of cool about taking a group that's often overlooked and marginalized and lifting them up and i think that's one of the things that i love about stan lee although i get the sense that probably wasn't the most popular choice like i I know I myself am terrified of spiders. I would not want to be around a spider and I would probably would not pick up something that that has a spider all over it. And yet it became so huge, which I guess shows what I know. Yeah, a lot of people, they didn't like Spider-Man because they don't like spiders or they're scared of spiders. They, I saw that too. Like a couple of my friends don't like Spider-Man. They're like, I, I don't like spiders. I'm like, why? They said, because if you name someone Spider-Man, they're not supposed to be fearless. They're supposed to be a villain because spiders are like scary and whatever. Yeah, I mean, the spider does feel like it would be the villain of the piece. And I remember seeing in the notes that you came up with this, you said his publisher said that Spider-Man was his worst idea ever yeah right yeah his publisher said that like spider-man would be the worst idea no one would like it because a lot of people don't like spiders yeah it kind of reminded me of um jim davis the guy who created garfield before he made garfield he made a cartoon called uh norm nat about like bugs and the feedback he got was we love everything about this except for the central premise of this, because nobody wants to read about bugs. But Stan Lee just ran with it, and it turned out he was right. Some people do want to read about bugs and a bug-themed superhero, because Spider-Man's done quite well for himself. Yeah, it's like Spider-Man, it's like Spider-Man, he's he's learned how to fend for himself a lot, and has he hasn't really been dependent on other people. Yeah. And I, I think there's something kind of cool about that, that independent streak. Um, I guess Stan Lee, actually, from what I read, when he was around 40, he was like ready to give it up. He just felt like he uh, wasn't coming up with the stories that people would want. You know, he's getting feedback from his publisher saying this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And um, his wife actually convinced him to just write the stories he wanted to write. And that's that's where he had sort of his second act and some of his greatest, most iconic stuff like the Avengers and um, I think the Incredible Hulk came in that period after he just said, you know what, forget what's going to sell. I'm going to write what I find interesting. And I think there's something cool about that. Yeah, it was just like whatever he wanted to write, that's what he was writing. Yeah, and it takes some courage to do that, to put stuff out there, especially when it's a little bit different from what's expected, but it's those differences that that people respond to, that people appreciate. Because I think if we're being honest, we're all a little bit different. We're all a little, little bit wonky. But I like that Stan Lee found those things that would appeal to people and make the characters relatable. 
Now, if you have a fun fact you'd like to share and be a part of the show, you can email it over to whoartedpodcast at gmail.com. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted, part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. If you found this tolerable, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week on social media at Who Arted Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, and of course on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.